This is actually a bit of a bonus episode. I interviewed Daisy Buchanan for episode 71. Daisy Buchanan is an award-winning journalist, broadcaster and author based in London. She was Grazia Magazine's Agony Aunt and she is the author of How to Be a Grown-Up, which is out now, published by Headline. And as part of that episode, which was very popular, thank you so much to you guys for downloading it, we actually did a Q&A at the end and we answered people's tweets that they had written in to Daisy to answer and I wanted to upload them as a separate podcast otherwise the other one would have been really long so the questions vary but they are really around the topic of how to be a grown-up we cover things like feminism careers friendship can't remember what else but it was really fun and I hope helpful I learned a lot whilst doing it from Daisy so I hope you do too and here it is So we've got a question from um, Olivia on Twitter. She's at I Miss Olivia. And she said that she was recently asked by a potential client who wanted commitment for a longer contract. What do you want to achieve in the next six months? How would me and Emma both answer that question? It's almost like that question of where do you see yourself in five years is like six months is a new five years. Oh, that is good. Six months is the next five years. A lot Um, happens in six months these days. So what about you? Where would I want to be in six months? Um, so what? when will, would six months be? October. Just, oh my God, October. Nearly. September, October time. Um, I mean, I guess I'm really hoping that um, I will be looking back thinking, ah, yes, my book is doing well. That was a nice time. It wasn't too anticlimactic. I've got lots of um, things lined up over the summer that I'm really excited mm. about, like festivals and things. Oh, promoting um, a book at like cool festivals and stuff yeah I'm going to Port Elliot which is my absolute <gasps> absolute fave I've been there as a punter a few times and I've, I've heard of... amazing stuff like that oh my god you should come, come I want to come. come it'll be really really fun it's so beautiful oh it'd be the best um I got so excited that I rented a massively expensive bell tent <laughs> but I think that maybe reflecting on it now talking about things like the sitcom and the the creative writing I want to do I'd love to write a novel someday I'm terrified that I won't be able to think of an ending. People, novelists just dazzle and amaze and astonish me. They're so brilliant. And I don't know, really. Well, I've got loads of ideas, actually, and I did start writing a couple of things. But again, I think what I'd like to do is perhaps grow in the confidence that I have about doing those projects where I don't know that I'm necessarily going to get paid for them in a week or a month yeah. and to just be able to perhaps be doing more more funny writing and more creative writing and building my name in that place and making it as viable as journalism has been. That's so true because pitching a non-fiction book is kind of easier, let's be honest, because you pitch it and then you write it, whereas with a novel, Mm -hmm. unless you're like, I don't know, Neil Gaiman, you can kind of, you have to write the whole thing, don't you? Maybe that's the trick. I'm going to do it and I'm going to put Martin Amos where it says name on the form. (laughs) There is no form. The next question was about getting started being a freelancer. Oh, yes, and you, you I have... believe. And let me find out who asked us that. So it's Cara at Spread Sparkle. Um, she wants to know, I'd love any advice about getting started as a freelance writer. And this is definitely directed at Daisy, this one. So I'd say it depends very much on what you've been doing beforehand. I think that it is much, much easier to come at it if you've been a staffer somewhere and mm. you've got an idea of, I think, kind of form of like working with an editor of what people expect from you and and from writing. Um, 
And that's not to say that it, it can't be done. And I think that there are definitely, you know, places you can pitch. And if if you keep writing and keep trying, then it's definitely So would worth you say doing. it's like, it is pretty much all about the contacts? Not so much because of the contacts, but I just think that the grounding you have in terms of deadlines and standards, it's really really it's like training mm. when you're working yeah. for a magazine and you're regularly having to come up with ideas doing all sorts of things having to write features that you wouldn't want to write I think it's really really important not because I'm a meanie and I want people mm. to write things that are hard but I think that it is difficult and the more you do you know when if you're mm. working for a magazine or a paper or a website under those conditions the more you'll be capable of when you do go freelance but then if you are it might be and it often is the case that you do a bit of freelancing and then a job comes up um and you become a staffer and it's good to take that job my advice as well would be like and i don't know if this is maybe my personal thing but i do feel like you have to have a niche because i mean i get commissioned because it's like you write about this do you find that or are yeah. you slightly more, you know, you, you write for lots and lots and lots of places and lots and lots of different things. Whereas I guess I'm just like, this is my topic. This is my thing. Well, it's funny because I have different niches at different places. So there's one place where, um, okay, we'll say The Guardian. I'm clearly the light comic relief at The Guardian. And they'll be like, oh, everyone's writing about Syria today. It's a little bit bleak. Do you have anything a bit lulzy you could send over? <laughs> Whereas um, other places, you know, I'm sort of, I'm, you know, known for kind of, oh, you do mental health or you know you do sort of like emotions and relationships um you know the debrief for a long time I started writing for them um about telly um and even before I was doing I've always done Made in Chelsea in some form or another but I've also been um you know a bit of a sort of a telly journalist and writing generally about like reality stuff and the um wacky new shows that are on <laughs> and then that sort of you know became a and writing about everything but yeah I so, think that then so you can have multiple niches you can I think it's it's tricky to do um but I think it's perhaps even if it's just you know a niche per place and everyone hates it but we are sort of talking about forming your own personal brand yes and well that possibly ties into this that when you're pitching a commissioning editor um you need to be pitching the story that nobody else can tell and that sounds really hard but even if it's just about having a line of personal experience or some kind of hook that means your perspective is unique Mm. because if they've got a staffer that they don't have to pay and they can give them that idea they will Mm. and there's no no one has any money there's no reason why they give you their money if they've got someone there who can sit and do 10 reasons why cats are great yes good advice Next question. So I remember the next question is from Helen Nianius, oh, who yes. wanted to know what we think about feminism and brands using feminism to market stuff, market things. Um, I'm mixed. I'm, I'm really, really mixed. My my pet hate is having to spend eighty pounds on a t-shirt that says I am a feminist. I think that's a free statement. Um, you don't have to, Emma. You could just <laughs> draw it on, get like a two quid blank t-shirt and some of those like fluffy markers exactly and i will but those sorts of things where i think vogue is you know advertising the most stylish ways to be a feminist i think we've got enough things that we need to spend our money on as women it's difficult because in a way it thrills me that feminism is sexy and it's so hot right now and it's like the thing um because then that's then for me i'm like 
trends go up and then trends have exactly. to come back down. And does this mean there's going to be a horrible backlash where we're all kind of wearing like milk churns and, you know, those awkward hats and thinking, yeah. you know, being kind of old school women. And yeah, there and was I- a glossy magazine editor who put in her editor's letter like a few months ago, um, feminism is so in right now. And I was like, we're not a flared jean. <laughs> I mean, I think it's it is just really, really good for feminism to be to be visible because when I didn't identify as a feminist for a really long time until I was in my twenties, I'd been to an all girls school. Um, you know, I had uh, I was brought up Catholic, which is a whole like weird thing, and you know, something we perhaps should have talked about <laughs> maybe one day, another time. Um, and that's that's not a progressive feminism religion, famously. And I think that it is really, really important that people see feminism around them and think this is this is powerful and this is you know changing the world and it's changing the world so much that people think it's worth putting on a very expensive t-shirt but yeah the other thing is it does feel like a kind of appropriation and I think especially about when you put feminism on an expensive object and use that to sell you know who are you aiming it at exactly and you know is that really helping the people who who feminism is is for and when I think about all the big issues at the moment god I sound like a teacher of the issues of the day I suppose I think a lot at the moment about intersectionality I am a white lady I have privileges I will never fully comprehend even and I feel quite strongly that the biggest issue affecting us right now it kind of isn't sexism although that's bad and that is an issue it's it's racism and you know we're we're two, you know, blonde women having a chat and people will listen. And that is, I think, you know, in terms of sort of like representation and like racial diversity. And I think that, you know, making feminism so hot right now is not that it's a detraction from that issue, because say that's even just an issue, it sort of seems to underplay it. You know, it's it's huge and it's really important. I, And I think that perhaps in a way you could say the T-shirts aren't hurting anyone, but maybe they are because people are making a shit ton of money off like the the hotness mm. of feminism and people other people are still thinking well you know how is this helping me and that's the thing and i and i was on a panel recently with um sophie walker from the women's equality party um and she was saying that you know we need to ban really the word real women mm. i wrote a piece a while ago for um a publication and they put that in there and it was some piece about it was some commenty opiniony thing but they'd added blah 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 and she's a real woman or you know mm. she's an ambassador for real women and you know i have unless you're I have a cyborg plenty, <laughs> well i have plenty of trans friends and i just think if i was say my good friend who has recently come out as trans um and negotiating and navigating that world and reading casually tossed about like real woman how alienating in these difficult times that phrase could be and Mm. how and I don't want to assume what anyone feels and I might be talking bullshit but I, I think that when we're trying to again really talk about the importance of of trans visibility and communication and there are plenty of um I don't want to, you know, sound like a bitch, but, you know, second wave feminists who are saying really shocking, awful things about trans people that I really mm. disagree with and make me very um, upset and angry. You know, that's, that, that's, let's burn real women in the fire. The phrase, not, mm. not women. No, yeah. I don't. 
And also, yeah, you know, put your fucking money where your mouth is. If you're going to, you know, use the feminism, do some feminism. Yeah, like, like activism being a trend in the mm. in marketing. Like activism is so hot right now. Well, there was, but do some actual activism. A, a major high street clothes brand did that thing recently with the like, look at our curves, and I think maybe it was even like real women have curves, and it was the most slender, slender women I've ever seen. You know, they really looked kind of like their. I would say their bodies were kind of. They, they could have been teenagers mm. and they I think it was like a weird photoshop job but they'd kind of done some arse enhancing and God. as a you know a size 14 to 16 you know I'm pretty chunky some days I'm like yeah this is me and sometimes I'm like oh Jesus fucking Christ all they want to do is zip up a size 12 when um I felt so massively fucking offended that the cheery euphemism I sometimes use to mean fat or having a bit of a rack is like no, you're not. You already have everything. <laughs> now you're curvy, and that clothes shop as well. Um, you know, I I can't fit into most of their clothes because they're medium. You know, mm-hmm. their medium doesn't fit me, and their large is often a bit of a stretch. And I know I'm not slim, but I don't feel large. Not that there's yeah. anything. Well, I re- exactly, and I I remember when um I used to go into when I was younger, like teenage years, when I was had loads of puppy fat. I'd go into Abercrombie and Fitch. Remember that. And they'd put their extra larges or larges at the top on the top mm. shelf, and you'd have to publicly shame yourself because they'd have to get a step ladder out to reach the top of the shelf. God, yeah, because that's not an inclusive everybody together. Hooray, of course. And also, an, have your extra an large. Extra large too. was a ten. An extra large was literally a ten to twelve. And so um, they'd get the step ladder out. They'd go up, and they'd be like, "Oh, here you go." And it was almost like you were being punished for being. They're like, these jeans weigh more than me, you they're, fat bitch. Yeah, they're like, you made me get the stepladder out. Um, maybe we should do one more. One more question. Um, what have we got? I think we had some about the OC. Um, the oh my God, I love the popular OC. popular drama in the early aughts. I loved it so much. I'm going to Newport Beach this summer. <gasps> and I'm going to relive my childhood. Where is Newport Beach exactly? Just in Cali. Um, here we go. We have one from um, Katerina. Dambuska, and she's at Dambuska underscore cat with a K. Hey guys, do you think men can identify as feminists or should they identify as allies? Ooh. Allies or allies? Is it allies? I think it might be allies. Absolutely. It's just that some people still, unfortunately, please read How to Be a Woman, don't know what a feminist actually means. And I think sometimes men find it uncomfortable calling themselves that but call yourselves that all it means is equality yeah it's difficult isn't it because i think like of course you know if a man wanted to call themselves a feminist i'd be delighted i know my husband he absolutely is in spirit i'm not i think he'd probably be more comfortable with ally um Do i don't know that he would but i think that's because there's also this sneaky bro culture of men kind of using feminism as a cause for for dickish reasons i mean not i, I try think... and get in there i mean i not, do find no, well, it, okay, I, I mean, but... i've got to admit i do find it really sexy when my boyfriend says he's a feminist i'm imagining <laughs> catcalling um like a new wave of it and having um because you said about being catcalled by a prat this morning um and you're eating a croissant um, yes oh. i was shoveling a croissant into my face and someone catcalled my about my legs and i was like well can i eat my croissant please and actually this um whole the thing about um Theresa May um in the Daily Mail and the 
uh, legs it in that front page and the kind I of I refuse to retweet or regram mm. I feel like it's giving it so much more attention yeah. that it needs to but anyway but, but lots of people are kind of you know shocker woman has legs but actually if you walk about any high street on a busy day you'll find plenty of men who are surprised that women have legs mm, very true um, so I do think that there are possibly in the same way that people are making those t-shirts you might encounter the odd man who is using feminism not just to get some but um sorry that was it i was going to say about um imagine being catcalled by men shouting hey sexy lady i'm a feminist you want this um as well that it's just a way to be a bit a bit smug and a bit right on and you know they'll say I'm a feminist and you're doing feminism wrong because of this, which in a way they're like, they're so easy to sort of mute and ignore that I can deal, deal with it. But it's the one who are like, I have really good intentions and have you not thought about this? And it's just, like, I mean, when I think no. about men and fem- feminism, I think, you know, get on board the train because all feminism means is that we live in an equal world. And there are lots of issues that men actually should be championing, like things like paternity leave. Like men actually should be fighting for certain things as well on the topic of equality. That's it. The patriarchy hurts men too. And these stats around men and mental health. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. There is so much that we need to do, I think, to talk about the... I guess the conditioning around kind of gender and it's like and men do this yeah. and women do this and I think that and the financial burdens ways, of men feeling like they have to provide yeah. no you don't you don't have to provide if you don't want to it's really really liberating and lovely that I think that now we we can point and laugh at you know women wear dresses have a drink waiting for when like when your partner gets home and all this you know we know that's stupid Mm. but I think there are so many stereotypes around being a man that are just outdated that it's still too scary to challenge Mm. and they should be be challenged I had a really interesting chat with my friend Jo Hemmings who is a fabulous psychologist um he's really really interesting and it's about the stereotypes that exist around money and women being bad with money um and we're not, but it's kind of an easier label for us to hide behind. And like being bad at driving. Yeah. But she was saying, you know, women can say, oh, hee hee, look at me with all my shoes. I'm bad with money. I spent it all on things. <laughs> and oh, you silly lady. There you go. Help. But if a guy said, like, I am bad with money, like red flags kind of emerge, <laughs> like, you gambling addict, what's going on? And it's, it's bad for both people. You know, it's, it stops us from taking responsibility and being taken us ser- you know, seriously fiscally. And the, the, the conclusion we got to is that it's because we just do not in society, in history, in life, have the same sort of financial power. We're not granted that fiscal responsibility. Yeah. It's easy to sort of keep surrendering it. Whereas, you know, men just have it. But also that that's an area where men can't be heard out or supported mm. because they're expected to be you know so sort of financially strong and physically strong and all the strongs and the irony is that they might not be being really strong if they are hiding behind this kind of masculinity that's Mm. actually very fragile because like back to the whole like sexy feminist thing i think someone a man who is like i but you know i'm i fight for women's rights i'm a bit like you are a strong man because you understand your privilege and also um that picture of jake gyllenhaal at the women's march Mm. 
So you good. See, that's so great because it is a man being active yeah. for the cause. You Tying, know, it's very, very yeah. different from being in a bar. Being like, yeah, I'm a feminist. Well, do you know what? That ties into the previous question because there is a famous picture of Bill Bailey wearing an I am a feminist mm. t-shirt that went viral. And I think that did help the movement. It really did, especially because he did that quite a while ago. But I wonder how expensive before that t-shirt the eighty pound shirts came. <laughs> Maybe made his own. Anyway, I hope that was useful. We have just had like some champagne, so take. Well, actually, no, don't take it at the pinch of salt. We've been honest. In vino veritas. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Emma. I've had the loveliest time. I've had the it's best been really, really time, fun. and I'm so excited for your book to be out there because I feel very privileged that I've read it already. And this is the exciting thing about getting to read like a proof and like an advanced copy is that you just know like the whole world is waiting to read it. And you've got the version with the weird random equal signs and things. <laughs> oh, I have two versions. I feel so lucky. I'm going to keep them both dear to me on my bookshelf. When I get done for I don't know having an affair with Danny Dyer maybe they'll be worth something on eBay it's going to be amazing not going to have um, an affair with Danny Dyer what can we expect like how can we find you how can we like obviously we can tweet you but you, is there some events that people can buy tickets oh to oh my god yeah um, there are a few things to be confirmed I'm going to be at, um, at Port Elliot in the last weekend of July this summer in Cornwall it's a beautiful festival I adore it I'm going to be in conversation with Nina Stibby who wrote Love Nina he's one of my favourite favourite writers um, I'm going to be at Jersey Lip Fest at the end of September um, and there are other things that are um, yet to be announced amazing god what a lineup! that's going to be great so follow Daisy online on Twitter. At Not Roller Girl. At Not Roller Girl. Oh, and on Instagram, I am the Daisy Bee, and Bee is like a buzzy bee, and I am terrible at Instagram, and I have no followers. Come and say hello and see my... Um, I take quite a lot of pictures of um, of ducks that have like wandered out of the river and are trying to go to the pub. Well, if that's not a sell, I don't know what is. So thank you so much. Thank you. Good luck with the book stuff. Cheers. Woo. Oh, that sounds like a proper one this time. Yay.